Yo, what's good? We're back. Y'all haven't, we haven't done this in a minute. I, it's, it's actually, it has been that long. It's been two minutes. It's been, I'm sorry, not two minutes. It feel like it's, it's been, okay, it's okay, you know minutes. what, man. It's been two minutes. It's been two minutes. <laughs> it's been two it's minutes. Been too much of the Ciroc watermelon. Yo, shout out to the homie Damien. Uh, it's been two weeks since we've done our last episode of Hoops and Brews. Shout out to our special guest in the building. Go ahead, talk to the people, introduce yourself, get your plug off to start it off. My name is Jack Manson. I am a fashion designer and stylist for uh, Jamie Foxx, as well as a former strength conditioning coach for the New Orleans Hornets, uh, now the Pelicans. Okay, all right, cool. So how long were you a strength and conditioning coach? Uh, seven and a half years. Okay, how did you like that experience? What made you decide to to you know to turn heel and go in the fashion world? Uh, well, I've always liked clothes. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, backstory of it is, uh, I always loved clothes, mm -hmm. and um, I wanted to go to school for uh, art and fashion. Um, and uh, my my parents said they weren't going to pay for art. For art and fashion, that's like, we're not paying. Probably, yeah. You yeah. find something that's going, you know. Yeah, so, so I actually went into school for medicine and uh, got a uh, degree as a physician assistant, and then. Uh, Went back to the university and taught for about five years. Okay, and then you and then you made the and you ventured on out to the NBA. So, yep, yep. what's life as someone you know who doesn't who has no real context in regards to? Um, that's not me, by the way. I'm not taking the shot. That's not me. That's a, that's a guess. Uh, off, it's all good. Um, we got a rule on here: if your phone rings, you take a shot. But that's like it's not obviously. But it's like if one of our phone rings. All right, here we go. Take a shot. <laughs> Jack's drinking water. But what's the life like for a stripping conditioning coach? Like, what are the main objectives? Like, you know, kind of the day to day life. What does that look like? Well, it's a it's it's a lot of tasks because you, mm -hmm. you have to uh, really connect with the players. Mm -hmm. uh, first and foremost, they got to trust you. Yeah, you know, that you're not going to hurt them or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But the uh, main objective is to get them to play. 82 games, yeah. you know, um, and playing 82 games of basketball along with practice is, it's, is a lot. Yeah, it's a lot, man. That's not even including playoffs. The playoffs is about nine. Yeah. So one question I want to ask before we continue. Uh, obviously, you were with the Pelicans, Hornets. Hornets then, Pelicans now. Well, no, I'm, I'm not with the Pelicans. I was with the Hornets. You was with the Hornets before, 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 before the, before the, before the, before the, okay. But still, that was the franchise. So Zion, if you were, were, were Zion, strength and conditioning coach, what would be your objectives for him? I mean, one, I think that he has to first be able to keep up with the volume of work that's about to happen. Um, he's, what, one and done? Pretty one much. and done, yes, one and so done. So when you look at it from the standpoint of a young man who's still developing, what have you, and at the most, you know, in his high school and, you know, the year at uh, Duke, he's played maybe 26 games. Mm -hmm. Now he's going from 26 to 82. That's four years of basketball in one <laughs> season. One season. <laughs> so it's one like, season. you know, yeah. like, yeah. you know. <laughs> You've never really experienced you know, anything I, like that. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember rookies coming in and, you know, like vets would have the over and under when they was going oh. when they was going to tap out. Really? <laughs> so, you know, it's oh, like okay. game Is that 39, serious? Game, game 41, game 43, what have you. you I know? mean, because everybody talks about that rookie wall, and it's like usually around, like, January is when you hit the, because it's just like, you just yeah. really just, and also, and I've also heard that, let's, like, obviously coming in as a rookie is probably, unless you play with the Olympics, like the most basketball you'll end up playing. 
in like one calendar year, right. especially at that age, you gotta think like you went through your whole you know college season. If you right. went tournament, those games you probably right. played summer league. Right. Then you then also you had the workouts. Then you had preseason. Then you had the season all in one year. Right. And also at at, at like his weight, which is I mean people uh-huh. estimate he's like three hundred pounds. I personally think he's more like two eighty right now, but he's still like six six. Like what would be your objectives for him as far as just his weight and you know controlling that. I mean, you know, you also getting him to you raise a good point. Getting him to understand his diet, you know, um, and how to take care of his body, uh, and particularly his weight, because as he gets older, it's going to be harder to sort of control that weight thing. Um, and his work ethic. I mean, no doubt that he has work ethic, but I mean, when you start getting that kind of volume on your body, it's going to change a little bit. So it's eating habits and then um, understanding, you know, really how to how to take care of his body. Um, that would be you know, one of the major objectives because you know, a lot of times, you know, at college I'm sure he got some experience, but you know, he went to a top-notch college, so he learned something about nutrition because mm-hmm. of that program. But coming right out of high school, you know, I'm sure he's And going to New Orleans. Yeah. Also New Orleans. Also right? New Orleans. It's you know? not like you so went to L.A. Lot or something. Pasta, you get a lot of pasta. You get some gumbo. You get a lot of that. It's not like, a lot of sauce, not like you, know? you went to L.A. <laughs> right. You can go and you get some vegan food at 3 a.m. It ain't really like that. Exactly. You're in like New Orleans exactly. and you yeah. already, especially with like his, because like, that's for me with Zion, that was one of my main concerns is his weight and him being the type of player he is. How are you going to sustain that throughout an eighty-two game season, year after year yes. after year, without piling up mileage and, 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 and like really injuring yourself yeah. with the way he yeah. plays and at his weight? Like that's a lot of force coming down right. on those limbs. It's not like you the tallest guy, so it's not like that weight ain't like ain't like you seven feet. Right. So if you seven feet two eighty, that weight is going to a lot of places. If you six feet, well, not six feet, six six, six seven, yeah, two eighty. Ain't really that many places for, you know, the way to go. And over a 82-game season, you jumping up and down countless amounts of times, especially with how high he gets up. Because, mm-hmm. like, my worry is, like, how are you going to sustain that year after year for 82 games? Well, you know, the thing about the game, too, is that you get better because that's, that's your job now. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not splitting it with school and responsibilities. <laughs> yeah. Same thing Kobe said. When, 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 so you yeah. have to... You have to take it as the now the game that you play, you know, is now the thing that makes feeds my kids Feed, yeah, and it feeds my family, feeds my family and everything else, what have you. So, you know, there's a there's a lot that, that that goes into that. But he'll be he'll be fine. You know, it'll be an adjustment because again, it's it's a change in volume. You know, he's he hasn't played this many games. And at this intensity, yeah, you know, you he's playing with other men that've been playing 12, 13, yeah, 13 years, years of you know, basketball. Going, yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. you know, you wonder how they stay on the floor, you know, year in and year out. It ain't because they're getting faster and stronger, you know. It's they take care of their bodies. They take care of their body, and they got a wisdom about. It. So yeah. there's little things about the game that he's gonna learn that you know, vets will put you in a trick bag. <laughs> Not like one, of, like one of um. Two of the things, um, to one of your points, I was, I was watching Kobe's uh, Muse documentary, and he was like, the reason why I wanted to go straight to uh, uh, the league like and and, and bypass college, college was because I can just get better than you because you physically can't practice as much as me. You just can't do it. Like You have other responsibilities. If I go to the league, I have no other responsibility besides playing basketball. That's my life. And also, he said um, one of the things that Mike told him was that MJ knew how to get res mid game. He was like, okay, like I'm tired tonight. Okay, so how can I still be effective 
but still get rest. So you know what? Let me go in the post tonight. It's not going. I'm like I'm not going to bang too much. It's not going to be too too much energy. I can't. There's like still ways to get rest mid game. So I think that those are probably some of the things that veterans know. Like okay, tonight you know what? I don't want to percent have it. So let me pick my spots. Let me make the let me make the game easier for me tonight because I know like we man, it's a back to back. We played three games in five nights. I'm tired tonight. Yeah. But I still want to go out there and I got to be effective for my team. Right. I mean, you know, the the other trick bag to that is like it's. He's got new money. Which is no, 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 no. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying he's gonna turn into some, you know, no animal or this, that, and the other, and do just crazy stuff. But we don't know. But it's definitely his life is definitely gonna change. That right. And also, I think that access to money also helps you take care of your body better. Which is why I think if you like look at the '90s, why the reason why you know some players' careers didn't last as long, they weren't getting paid as much. Like now, I mean, LeBron making, I don't know how much money LeBron got, but I'm sure that man can get the best care possible on earth because you got the money to pay for it. Yeah, yeah he covers the WNBA, so he's very, he's, he's, yeah. he's, he's he, you know, he's been on this, the, the training really, isn't the same they don't, thing for a minute, which I agree with, but I'm just saying, so kind of. Yeah, the thing I see with WNBA a lot is like they don't really, because of like they, they aren't making the same amounts of money, they don't really have the resources to get better. So that they can really only get better on company time. Like if they, you know, let's say I'm bored, it's an off day, it's 8 p.m., I want to go get some more shots up. Right. Unless I, like, know somebody with a gym. But if I'm in a new city, like, how do I even know people like that unless I'm hanging out with people with gyms? Also, I gotta might have to pay for that gym as well. I might have to pay for that time. Also, I may not even be privileged to the same training that other people are privileged to because I don't have the money to afford it. And the teams don't even have the facilities to be able to um, – keep them in-house. Like, one of the things I remember I was watching, like, uh, Gilbert's podcast. He was talking about, like, Dwight. He was like, Dwight, he told the Magic, like, yo, if y'all want us to get better, then you should, like, give us meals. You should, like, build things in, like, the um, team facilities to keep us in-house. Because when we out, you know, we 18, 19, 20, 21, and we bored, we gonna eat Burger King. We gonna do other things. But if you put all of this stuff just in one place and we can get better while we're doing it, it'll, in turn, benefit on the court. Well, I mean, I think you're talking about a couple of different things. Um, one is that there there is sexism in sports. There, I agree. There's I want to agree. Huge sexism, and particularly in male dominated. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. If you just look at the, the soccer situation, yeah. you know, the, the women's U.S. soccer team done won a couple of championships. Yeah. Of course, <laughs> you know, in the off season, they back at regular jobs. Yeah. They're not, you know, they're yeah. making enough money playing professional soccer that mm-hmm. they can really take care of their families. Mm-hmm. Whereas the men, they get a quarter billion dollars. Uh, yeah. contracts what have yeah. you so let's let's call it what it is right? I didn't even realize that until I literally started covering WNBA and started talking about it and then people would say things like oh the girls don't play hard like what no it's, it's, <laughs> what it's, yeah I mean yeah, that, like, yeah. what yeah like I, 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 they don't play like look if, if, if you want to say the athleticism is saying that's fair obviously it's fair but literally somebody came in our mentions but not I mentioned our YouTube and said they don't play as hard as the men the only thing that I will say in regards to that is I've never said I've always said that the difference between the men's game and the women's game is just like is the physicality combined with athleticism women's game is physical like they don't call no fouls in, in the WNBA at all but the men's game is physical mixed with the athleticism I've never once looked at a WNBA game or a women's soccer game or a women's softball game back when I used to watch baseball a lot and really because I actually really did enjoy women's softball the underhand you know mm-hmm. kind of fast pitch mm-hmm. uh, I never looked at it and was like oh they aren't playing hard they just like 
la 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 like nah if you saying that then you wilding out it's a it's a it's a big difference between like not seeing the ferocity of a of, i'm sorry of a zion williamson versus saying somebody ain't ain't trying to put effort right you know what i mean and they professionals at the highest level of that particular thing i think that's a little bit ridiculous every time i hear it it always is like stop it man but well, uh, look, i kind of i kind of look at it like I mean, there's pros and cons to watching both of the sports, um, men's basketball and women's basketball. Mm-hmm. And I think you're absolutely right when, you know, you talk about the physicality and the athleticism. I mean, what we see in men's sports is, you know, we get to see 360 dunks. We get to see, you know, uh, all kinds of crazy, crazy explosive moves. Mikael Bridges, Euro stepped, went off one foot, and windmilled the ball yeah. in a summer league game. So, so that's what we see in male sports. Yeah. In women's basketball, though, what you're going to see is more execution. So 100%. you're going to see because they don't have, 100%. you know, that that kind of explosiveness, what have you. You're going to see them set good screens mm-hmm. and, and roll off of yeah. picks and and you know mm-hmm. distribute yeah. the ball the way the ball is supposed to. So it's like watching the old Boston Celtics. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. But that's the part of the, that's the only part of the women's game that I don't appreciate is that they need to speed the game up. Like it, it feels the style of it feels a little bit older. The physicality is crazy. There, the first WNBA game I went to was the Seattle Storm versus the LA Sparks. It was a preseason game in what was the equivalent of a high school gymnasium. Number twenty three or twenty four for the Seattle Storm. She's got a, you know rocked. she's a, you know she's a heavier you know woman. Got, got rocked on the screen like I mean they didn't she, call it out. They, they didn't call it out. She got it, rocked. It, it looked like somebody in the NFL <laughs> like when you see somebody with a helmet the helmet she was laid out for minutes. Yeah. So it's not it's not about they not playing hard enough. If you saw that screen and everybody in the arena was silent, you know so much to her parents came over and was like, "Are you all right?" That kind of thing. It's a real thing in terms of that, but the execution is there. I definitely agree the execution is there, but they got to speed up the game. Here's my bit. thing. Like I think when we when we talk about WNBA in these things, we have to realize it's only been around 23 years. If we look at what the NBA was creating in what the 50s, maybe no, it was early the 40s, 30s, 40s, 30s. Yeah. started no, in the 30s, and 30s. The, the actual NBA was like more in the 50s. But yeah, 50s. basketball is a basketball game, started the game started like started late 30s. 30s the real early NBA more. started in yeah. like the 50s. So if you look, if you look at the first 23 years, that put them in like the seventies. If this this wasn't the same game that you're looking at today, yeah. And also, even still, like we just now get to the point where you have women athletes that grew up and never knew a world when it didn't exist. So, like, if you my age, there was a time in which there was no WNBA. Like, I grew up with a woman yeah. who like always used to hoop. Like, when she was born, there was no WNBA. So it's like when you're born from the time you're like four or five years old, you can't aspire to be this because it didn't exist. We're just not getting to the point in which women can inspire to be that from the time they're like five, six years old. Like I went to, I was covering this part, they had a camp day the other day. I'm like, yo, this is great to have a camp day. Like even if, you know, you can affect one like young girl who's like eight, nine years old, like, yo, this is cool. I want to do this. Like I want to take a liking to these people. They look like me. I want to do this. I can do this. And also now for parents, it's like like you said when um you like your your parents were like yo we not paying for fashion school because at, at that point in time it's like it didn't really seem like something yeah it didn't seem like a viable option as in like that's saying with some girl like nah we not putting you in like basketball like nah go do choir or some shit because that seems more like a viable option mm-hmm. as opposed to like playing basketball like now no this has been around twenty three years you see it. Even you got parents who've grown up and it's been around 23 years now. So even I just think that you're getting to the point where the athletes are getting better because they're training for it more. Like, like even if when I look now, I'm like, okay, you got – I can tell that you've trained for this for a very long time because of even something simple as like the shot motions. 
the shot motions I see now are totally different from what I saw like 10 years ago from women. Like you can tell like they probably train to have the shot motion. Like I can tell you've had a trainer for a while. So I think when people just say things about the league, it's like, yo, we all got to remember that like it's still a very, very young. It's only been around 23 years. The athletes will get better. The play will get better. Everything will get better. And also, I'm with you. Like I, I, I think if you if you enjoy basketball, you can appreciate like the WNBA. Which leave I have my dad watching. My dad is like 63. He was like, yeah, it's probably it's actually a little bit more fundamental than what the men's game is because it has to be like they don't have the same athletes. It's like you just can't ISO every play and think that you're gonna get a bucket because that's it, it's just not gonna work like that. You gotta set great screens. You gotta execute. You gotta do things like that. So I also think some sometimes like the fact that we're in like highlight culture now, like you know you can go on YouTube and like watch a whole highlight of the, like the whole game, but that's not like really watching the game and watching the nuances of the game. I just think some people don't like basketball the way they think they like basketball. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on record and say say this like this society is built around sex. That too. Right, and what we look at in commercials and everything else, and we look on uh, YouTube and Instagram and you know whatever social media channels you, a lot of it is sex driven. That too. Right, so. Like in the male sport, you know, the women want to see the guys' legs and shoulders, yeah. arms yeah. out, and this, that, and the other. You got to right? see the women. So it's, a, it's kind of sexy, what have you. Female basketball doesn't necessarily have that. I agree. So, like, and it's a, and, and also it's a different culture. It's an LGBT culture as well. Mm-hmm. So, like, for <clears throat> for a lot of people, that's hard for them to swallow. You know what I'm saying? And it, and it, and it makes them uncomfortable. So putting that up there as the forefront, you know, unless they really want to gain traction. That's why, you know, a couple of these basketball players, they become, you know, sex symbols because they're cute, you know. They, yeah. uh, so, <laughs> you know, they start yeah. to get popularity yeah. and, they, yeah. and they can't play worth a damn, but, you know. <laughs> but they, yeah. I'm not saying they can Chris Humphreys, the, um, the Kardashians you know saying, definitely got they, him that they, second con- contract. They're they good looking, so they take advantage of the fact that they got a national platform to play basketball, yeah, yeah. this, that, and the other, and they're good looking. Whereas a lot of the players in the WNBA, that's not, you know, their platform. Yeah, their except platform. for I think I think the newer generation yeah, newer women generation, are different. Yeah. Like Liz Cambage, Liz Cambage like posted an Instagram and I was like, uh, oh, okay. uh, snap yesterday when like, she was in. I don't know where it was. I, I think she was like a sauna or something like it that. Was, and I'm like, it was dark. And the only thing that were covered in that post were her breasts, and I was like, "Oh, okay, my, all right, welcome ex- to WNBA." But, but no, but, exactly but, but, okay. but, 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 but no, but no, look, but look, not the Liz campaign. No, but look, I think that's coming, and I think that's, but, but, big, I think that's more with when we talk about pay wages and things like that. Like number one, to get paid more, you got to bring in more money. So I think that like the women in the league are more cumbersome of like just their brands now. Well, and, I think and, it's coming, and I, think I, and, and I agree with you, and. When that happens, you will see a difference in audience, you know, participation and, you know, so because people, fans will come because they want to see that girl they saw in in the post and this, that and the other. And she's got a following and we're following her and this, that and the other. So she'll be a brand that the WNBA will have to sort of embrace symbiotically because They'll use that platform to make money. I think that what the league needs, now forgive me for saying this, but I've, I've said this in like multiple conversations with people and everything else. It's like a, a woman who is a guard, like 5'10 to like 6'1. So not like she's like, you know, 6'8, 5'10 to 6'1, who is like incredibly attractive, 
can ball. Like number one can ball. So when you go see a play, it's like, yo, she is like, she got some flair to her. She, you know, she step backs, can hit you with the passes, can do all of that, and cares about being a sex symbol. Like I really, really cares about being a sex symbol. And I think that that will get a lot of people because they're just like, yo, she's like super bad. So we just know her for that. Then you cut the game and it's like, oh, but she can really, really hoop. And like she's exciting to watch. I think that that's one thing that will really, really like push the league to like a different a different level. And I've said it in a conversation with like multiple people, like women, men, all the time. I think that that's just yeah, one no, thing. I really agree. Needs. I agree. They don't really have a, a star power. And even when you think about like the biggest stars in the league, like I don't think LeBron is that. LeBron isn't that, isn't the sex symbol in the NBA. But he's more like that Uncle Phil dad type to these kids. And to me, I even seen him grow up from being like a young guy. He's turned into like for this generation, that kind of Uncle Phil type of he can relate, still a little hip. But like that's what he's become now that he's kind of entered into his 30s. And a lot of these kids that grew up watching him are now becoming young adults and adults. That's who he is. But if you look at guys like a Steph Curry, like... He's on commercials all the time. You Women see his face Steph. everywhere. Women, Women love, love Steph. Steph Curry. Even if you look at a guy like Kyle Kuzma, his star power to me is what Kelly kept him Oubre. in LA. Kelly Oubre. Kelly like, it's Oubre. a lot of, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not too many WNBA players other than literally probably Liz, Liz Cambage. Liz, Liz does a good job. And, and, and um, uh, you know, you know, you know and Shanae, who plays for the Sparks, where I'm looking she at does. them, and I'm like, their personality and their looks, they have that star look to them, if that makes sense. A lot of the WNBA players don't carry that star weight, if that makes sense. Like, it's certain guys, like, when you, you know, when Magic walked into a room, like, that guy's a star. Skylar Diggins, Skylar, Skylar. Skylar Diggins, Skylar. yeah, but she's, but she's not but, playing you know, but she, No, but it's not like that. She had a child, and she's been disappeared. She's been gone for two years. Okay. So, it's not, it has nothing. But even with that being said, she could have still had the child and been in all kind of marketing campaigns, doing all kind yeah, of yoga things, like, yoga yeah. classes, this kind of branding, yeah. baby bottle branding, diaper branding. You yeah. don't see you any don't see of that. it because... It's just not there. They also so. have to just embrace the fact that they want to be brands more. Yeah. And 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 I wish you. I I I think the new generation, especially the generation that's gonna grow up with social media, so they're like they're gonna do something in high school and end up catching a wave and be a little bit famous in high school. So they're like gonna start to embrace yeah. their brands more as this new generation goes and as this new generation, again has grown up and always seen this league mm-hmm. as something that is something to aspire to. As opposed to the old generation, I don't think they always saw the WNBA as something to aspire to because they remember a time when it didn't exist. Yeah, I don't even think there's a WNBA player with a million followers on Instagram. It probably is. is. No, it's not. It's not? I don't okay. think it is. I literally don't think it is. Put the question to the people. I mean, I can, I mean I'm mean, i serious. <laughs> I think Liz Cambage is, might be the most. But like, I think she has 637,000 followers. You know what I mean? So why it was such a big deal. So, like, her trade was such a big yeah, deal. Yeah, so it's like, so even in the sphere of that, Kyle Kuzma got fucking 5 million followers on Instagram. What has he accomplished? <laughs> Nothing. Not a goddamn thing. And I got mad respect for Kyle Kuzma. The fact that Kyle Kuzma is the one that survived it all is hilarious it to is, me. man. I did not think he was going to be the one to survive it all. What do you think about the Lakers? Oh, man, I think I think the moves. Championship contenders? Uh, I don't know. I mean, we got to see how they how they come together. One, The one good thing about LeBron, <clears throat> I'll say, is that LeBron has a way of bringing players together to win. And that's sort of like his his legacy because you know you've seen the Lakers put together a whole All Star team and you know flop so like to be able to and this you know, is gonna be one of them years too and bring people together kind of know the pieces that work yeah. and what have you um, is a special gift. So over or under fifty wins for the Lakers. Oh yeah, I get fifty wins. Did they get fifty wins? I think they get fifty wins. Who do you I think mean, is gonna be an All Star for the Lakers? 
gotta give it to Braun and AD. Think anybody else gonna sneak in? Mm, I think gonna try to balance. They gotta balance it out a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. Plus, uh, you know, you still got you still got the Clippers over there about to hand somebody a rack or two. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so don't 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 sleep on them. You know, LA yeah. got a lot of basketball coming. Not, to me, I think the league is kind of like in the place where it was when Mike retired the first time. Okay. Whereas, like, when we looking at it. The team it should be in the Western Conference is the Rockets. No, it's the Warriors. But listen, the listen oh, wait, 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 wait listen. The They're Warriors. the team that that that. I think the Warriors will be fine. I don't think they'll be fine this year. I think that next year and the year after they'll be fine. I think that Clay needs a little bit of time to recover off the ACL, so I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be right there, but not this year. Can I ask you an honest What's question? Up? Is D'Angelo Russell right now better than Clay Thompson was in 2015? Yes. Then I don't want to hear but, it. Then, 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 then but, stop it. We don't need to have this wait, conversation. Wait, wait, We don't need to have this conversation. Listen, You're disrespectful listen, no, listen, then. No. Listen, if he's listen, better than the man was listen, in 2015, listen, when Steph Curry dragged that fucking team to listen, the goddamn finals, listen, do not give me that shit talking about, oh, they're a French team. They're on the outside. That's bullshit. Take that narrative and get that shit out of here. That's weak. Take that shit home, But what made the Warriors great was not... It, it wasn't just the fact that they were a great offensive team. It was the fact that defensively, they were always top three, top five. Who the, the best defensive team in the NBA right now? Clippers. Clippers, Utah. On paper. Yeah, on paper, Clippers, Utah. I think the Bucks will be there. I think the Sixers have to be there. I think the Lakers will be a good defensive team. The Lakers are not going to be there. The I Clippers just, are the only team that I'm looking at defensively where I'm like, yo, you're they're that team. The Bucks, There's nobody the Sixers, else that the Warriors are going to have to get the Bucks, through. The Bucks, the Sixers, the Jazz. Stop um, it. I don't even think the Nuggets will be bad defensively. Um, well, I'm a I'm, I'm a Warriors fan. Come on, and, man, stop and, this. And I know that you know what we need is an athletic center. We need somebody that can get up. You got that? You got college time. Well, he got a chance to revamp his career. Steve Kerr told him, "I'm a jumpstart your career," and that's what he needs. Because at this point, Willie Collins Stein to me, at best, is is a yeah. guy that I'll forget about in five years. But if he goes to the Warriors and he becomes a great player like a JaVale McGee did, right. he's a guy that immediately adds longevity exactly. to his career exactly. and becomes a viable guy that you want to re-sign to keep on your team to think that you can win a championship with. That's and if he can do that, and I think Willie Collie Stein at this point is still way younger than JaVale McGee was exactly. when Steph Curry got him. Way he had, His upside to me is way higher than JaVale because he's not the 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 numb nut that JaVale was when he was younger and doing stupid stuff and you had to and you saw him on Shaq and the Fool every week. You don't really see Willie Constein on Shaq and the Fool. Saw that man JaVale McGee every year, every week they picked on him. They didn't pick on him. How they pick on him? Stop it. We they could we could turn on a JaVale McGee, Shaq and the Fool, highlight compilation right now they and picked, ain't nobody pick on that wait, man. They picked on him and also JaVale really wasn't in the best situations. Like JaVale was always talented. You can say that but this my thing you can say the same thing about Willie Collins. Yeah, I don't think Willie Collins has been bad. Huh? I don't think Willie Collins had. I don't think Javale McGee bad. was bad. He just we just was underserved well, and he didn't achieve. Well, I think that'll that'll definitely help us. You know, yeah. we got a, we got an athletic center that can get up and down. You need that. You know, the way the way the Warriors play. Up and down, so you know when you had you know uh, Bogut and you had uh, Bogut was nice for them though. He was nice. I mean, because he's a big body. Big body set great screen. He said great screen. This is gonna sound bad. The Lakers ain't better than the Lakers. He can knock I mean, down a few shots. Um, but I disagree with you, but I feel you. But when you had Boog, 
you know, it was it was a little different story because he needs basically a half court, you know, kind of game. Getting up and down yeah. is kind of. He lost, did you see he lost a lot of time. weight? Even with losing a lot of weight, like mechanically, he he. Did, this is actually, I was going to bring this up. I went talking about the Lakers because I'm looking at the Lakers. And I'm looking at their defense. He's the clear defensive liability on the floor to me. Uh, and also depending on who you got at shooting guard. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, point guard. If LeBron's running point, then cool. Then you'll be all right. But still. If you switch everything, which is which, which also like I hate. Yeah, but LeBron is a defensive liability when it comes to the switches too. No, he's going to get really picked not, on. He's really yes, he, not. He's going like, to no, get picked listen, on. Look, 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 listen. Nobody gives for the most part besides the great players. LeBron drugs consistently one-on-one. He's 35 years old. I understand that. But also, look. Of course, look, he lost Steph Curry in 2015. Listen, he was 30 years old. Listen. For one, you don't play defense by yourself. You have Anthony Davis behind you, who last time Anthony Davis cared about playing a full season of basketball was a top three defense uh, candidate. <laughs> but you want to know something? When I'm playing against the you know, oh, no, Mr. I Love no, NBA 2K, facts. when you run in the NBA 2K system and Boogie is on the floor, AD is really in the corner or somewhere in the top of the thing in the mid-range. He's not going to be down in the bottom of the paint to affect the shots the way that people think he's going to be. Because if I'm the other team, I'm leaving on defense. Whoever that big man is, the AD guard, you standing in the corner. So we can keep AD in the corner. And we're going to run that Braun, and we're going to run that Boogie, and we're going to drive to the lane all day long. And if Boogie want to pick up foul trouble, great. Bring in JaVale. We're going to make him pick up foul trouble. We're going to make you have to play Anthony Davis at center. We're gonna make you have to. I mean, do but that. no, I mean, but AD is gonna play some center. He's just not gonna play a full game worth of center. We'll he's just gonna play we'll, a full game worth of center. He's we'll no see. like like like, we'll like look when they want to run small and run lineups like AD at center, Kuzma out there, Bron probably uh, uh, Danny Green and like KCP. He's gonna end up playing some center. He's not, but but again, but well, the man, didn't you low key like? I didn't. I, tra- okay. I didn't train. Okay. Uh, um, I had Chris Paul and Jail Smith. Chris, I'm not a. Chris Paul is one of my favorite players of all time. I'm anti Chris Paul. I think he's a locker. I think Chris Paul. I just had a segment. I got to scratch your head. I don't even want to know why you scratch your head. I got a show where I'm talking about all, um, you know, Clippers and stuff like that because we covered the Clippers last year's media. Um, And I mentioned last year, I just thought Chris Paul didn't fit with Blake because I think Chris Paul just has a, a personality that's not conducive to a productive locker room because he's a very drill sergeant type of guy, but he's my height. And it's like, shut up, you my height. We don't want to hear you talk about it. Get out of my face. I'm six nine and I can win meal. Um, well, I mean, I'm not gonna say. I mean, of course. I mean, I'm not expecting you to say anything bad about him. But the, I personally think I'm, he's not a good teammate, which is why it never works in the in the systems that he's in. Well, I, I can I can say this. You know, um, when Chris went to Houston, um, and you know, we keep stats on. How long players hold the ball on yeah. average and this, that, and the other. So when you look at Chris Paul, on average, he holds the ball about 14, 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. And um, James Harden holds the ball about the same amount of time. Yeah. So, you know, you got a 24 second clock. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Do the math. You right? had 29 <laughs> seconds right now. <laughs> right, right. So, like, it, it could have worked maybe before Chris's injury. You know, yeah. Um, but in reality, you know, they both Chris Chris is and Chris is going to give you you know maybe twenty twenty six points what have you. But he's not a thirty point a night guy. Yeah. Right. Um, and he'll give you some assists, but he's getting those assists. You know, he's he's basically got the ball he, in his hands. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so for a guy like James Harden, who is very effective from the outside, you know, when you bring in somebody like Russell Westbrook. 
and people say, oh, they don't have enough basketballs. Well, they do because Russ is a different kind of player than Chris Paul. We go, I've been saying that, though. Real quick. Yeah. I, yeah. I, look, we'll I, talk about that next, actually. I, I want to say ahead. this. On paper, when I, when, well, look, when I look, when I look, great, you got to play the game. How to play the game. But on paper, this is the best backcourt I've ever seen in my life. On paper. No, it's not. Look, you look, no, look. What are your listen, parameters? Listen, listen, on listen. On paper what? Listen, you have never seen two MVPs, at least in somewhat of their respective primes still. Now, granted, you brought up the Kobe and Steve Nasty. Kobe was 34. They, no, no, stop, stop, stop. Kobe stop, was an all-star stop, that year stop, and the year he before. Was Steve Nasty was, was an all-star No, before. stop. He was not his prime. Stop Steve Nasty was 37 that, years man. old. Neither one of them was in their basketball prime. Kobe, stop. Oh, hold on, I understand hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute. So the year Kobe the year when he got the, swept out the uh no he wasn't his prime no more come on no Kobe wasn't his prime he got swept no he was not, not. Oh, he, what you mean he, he was, was over the that hill. team to the playoff before he tore that don't mean he was in his fucking prime stop prime that, Kobe man. that team would have fifty that, wins man. stop that man stop that that team wasn't even that good for them to have fifty wins that team had fucking um 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 Nick Paul Young still it. It had Nick Young okay no that team was better than the team that uh Kobe averaged thirty six with no sorry. What point the way or what or we, or off that drink? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that team was better than the team that Kobe. Stop it! No, I'm sorry. No, that team was not better. No, stop it, man. That team was terrible. That's it why he was dragging them to the playoffs. No, that's why he was dragging them to the playoffs. I understand. He what averaged like forty something for the week before he tore his Achilles. I understand that, but that no, still was not prime that. Kobe. And even yeah. still, if you want to say that, that's fine. That wasn't prime Steve Nash. Yeah, we not getting prime Russ. I don't. I see. I disagree Russ, with that. We're no, not getting, look, listen. We're not getting. I disagree are we with getting that. the maximum prime Russell Westbrook with James Harden now? Maybe. I don't think so. Like, I, like, like. I literally, I still think Russ has, especially the fact that he's going to play with Harden. So somebody else who can look, take a lot of the load off of Russ. I think Russ still has at least, barring injury, two years left in his prime. Barring injury. I think it's a it's a dangerous dangerous backcourt. I it's think you might be looking at one of the best backcourts you've ever seen in your life. Well, I mean, you know, I like what what Portland has. Portland, yeah, Portland's great. They, nice, they nice don't. Backcourt. One but, of the best you ever seen. But though? you ain't yeah, got no. I mean, but, I I, but like, G, you oh. talking about Harden coming off averaging thirty six points and Russ coming off averaging what three straight years of a triple double? So you talking about a man Harden who realistically I think he should have three MVPs right now. And you're talking about Russell Westbrook, another person who has an MVP in the same backcourt. You, I, you, I literally went back and I looked it up. Jerry West and Gail Goodrich, neither one of them won MVP. Isaiah Thomas, Joe Dumas, both of them ain't win no MVPs. The Warriors, yeah, Steph got two. Clay don't have none. You want to bring up the you want to bring up the Lakers? Okay, that's fine. But Steve Nash was 38 years old with a dead back by that point. Now, if we talking about 06 Steve Nash or like 08 Steve Nash, 08 Kobe, okay, fine. But you ain't never seen two people around the same age. I think Russ 31, Harden 30 now. In the same backcourt together. On paper. On paper. This is the best backcourt ever. When have you seen either of those guys lead their team to anywhere close to the promised land? G to G. G. The man was one game away from the finals. What you mean? How much further can you go? I said lead them to the promised land. He's one game away from the finals. Is the finals the promised land? Damn near. No, it's not. You want to get to heaven or you want to get right before heaven? You want to walk up to the G, gates and see them and God like, nah, G, G, we thought you was good. You Go literally one no, game you want to get in the motherfucker. You don't want to be standing be, outside G, the gates. You Fuck one game, literally, Stop you're it. up 3 2, Stop and your it. second star gets hurt. That's not you're the one promised game land. away from the finals. What is the promise? You can go land? no further. What is the promised land? G, the promised land is the finals. Stop this, man. Stop this. We saw what harder was in the finals. Whether he was young or not, the man disappeared. 
He was young. He, he was 20. He disappeared. Russ didn't. Huh? Russ didn't. Shit. No, he didn't. You're wild. Stop that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Russ, Go back and rewatch that finals. Two. Go back and rewatch 40 in game he, two. Stop, stop that. Stop that, man. And also, hold on, wait. Stop oh, it. Wait, whoa, whoa, wait. Stop it. Whoa, that, wait. No, also, the, no. also, hold on. The Thunder could have no. been up 2 0 if it weren't for that phantom foul call. I don't want to hear no phantom Remember, foul. Remember, uh, they called, they, uh, uh, I think they yes, didn't I call it. Exactly. So, no. And look, you talking about, uh, the G, they were one game away from the finals. I know how much emphasis you put on winning. They were still one game away from the NBA Finals against one of the best teams of all yeah, time. Harden don't got no heart, and also, bro. And also, hold on, wait. When have you ever seen James Harden play with a player as good as Russell Westbrook? Supposedly, it's supposed to be Chris Paul. I understand that. You but, told me that. Listen. You I, told look, me it's Chris, look, bro, is Chris Paul I, look, a top five point guard all the time to you? No. Exactly. Thank to me, he's top ten. Thank you. But look. Top ten. Yeah. Thank you. I love Chris Paul. Thank you. But at that point in time, at his age... Especially this year. No, the first year, cool. I thought that was I like I thought that was yeah, they could have done it. Literally, the man got hurt. They were one game away, the man get hurt. Iggy was hurt too. Okay. So if we talking about it hurt, we can go we can play an injury game all game all I understand day long. That. I feel what you're saying. I feel what you're saying. No, but but not the same bro, thing. I feel but it is, G, for no, the Warriors. Not. Bro, you still got four all stars on the court. If Chris Paul go down, who does the all star for the Rockets? Your MVP. It's one against. If four. it was Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan have lost them two games uh, versus the Warriors. Possibly. Hell no. Possibly. Michael, Michael Jordan would have slapped the never, shit out of Kevin Durant and Chris never, Paul look, before he walked look, off that G, court, look, and he took an L the look, way G. they took an L. Hard enough, I love no heart. I, I like Russ. Russ is my guy. Russ is a guy with a little too much heart. Hard and a guy with no heart. So hopefully they come together, they can blend together, and they can make like one heart and they can get it done. I don't know if it's gonna happen. Regardless, my point was if you if you look at the league after um, Mike retired, right? The Knicks, who were that team that was supposed to basically slide right in, they did what they should have done. They slid right in, went to the finals. I think that you kind of like in that space right now. With again, like, look, I think the Warriors will still be right there. I just don't think they're gonna be right there this year. I think this year you come, you win out fifty games. I think they probably lose in like the semifinals. Okay, cool. Now the next year, in which Clay get a full off season where he's not rehabbing. And he comes back at one hundred percent because my thing with because my thing with Clay is it's not his offense. He gonna shoot threes, whatever, but he still gotta be the all defensive team player that he is for this team to be successful. Cause Steph not playing defense, Dino not playing the defense. Dino? D Dino Dino not playing the defense. That's his new nickname, Dino. And with and with and with Draymond, I think with Draymond is Draymond plays, I mean look, if Draymond comes in in shape and plays like he played in the playoffs, great. But that wasn't a Draymond we saw all year. He played like he played in the playoffs. He's defensive player of the year. That's cool. So you got two but he gotta do that for, defensive player that's of the cool. year. But listen, we get back to the finals. He got to do that for 82 games. We get back to the finals. He got to do that we for 82 games. We get back to the finals. Well, it'll be interesting. I mean, it's, the West is, is The really West balanced. is loaded. It's, it's, we'll be it's all right. Really, it's really balanced. <coughs> y'all y'all going to be East. mad when Utah get annihilated in the first round. You really do not rock with Utah. I don't rock with Utah on no level. Why? Because I don't like the people of Utah. Why? Okay, that's fair. I don't. That's fair. I don't. That's fair. Um, not all of y'all racist, because <coughs> I know some of y'all are fans, but I don't rock with y'all as a whole. I consensus, my consensus on Utah is nah, fam. That's how I feel about it. Since the 90s, nah, fam. You don't even like Donovan. Huh? It ain't got nothing to do with Donovan. I don't like Rudy Gobert. He should have won defensive player of yes, the year last should. year. No, he's yes, sitting there. Y'all that should have won MVP. Hard should have won. No, give it to Paul George. I don't give a shit. Paul don't George give it to Rudy Gobert. To Paul, no, no. No. Bert deserved it. Y'all that shouldn't have no. won MVP either. No, stop it. Stop it. Shouldn't have won MVP. That man no. without an average 36 points per game. Whatever. That's on you. Go ahead. But anyway, moving on. I want to talk about top five young cores in the league. Yeah, who do you Young like? cores. So, I, I, first of all, we got to put a, cap, uh, a age cap on young core. 
what age are you not considered to be in a young core anymore? I say 25. Explain that to me. Young. Young core. So basically, like, what teams have guys under the age of, uh, let's say, 24, 25, who you think are, like, the best in the league? So young core. Okay. Gotcha. All right, I just want to be clear. <laughs> yeah, but I, I like. I think I'm 20, old school, so you know, it might never, I think that twenty for the terminology. I think twenty five <laughs> is like the cutoff, the like cutoff age for like cutoff a young core. Like okay. once you get to be twenty five, I think that's like well, like twenty six. Like you kind of supposed to be moving into who you are as a basketball player by then. Like I, don't, I mean, obviously you can still get better and grow. I think you should be still moving into like exactly who you are. You 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 should be at least entering into stepping yeah, into your prime by then. Yeah. Well, how old is Giannis? Giannis is 24, technically, but, okay. I mean, in Middleton, I don't know how old Middleton is. I think Middleton is, Middleton, Giannis is 24 years old. Wow. Yeah, Giannis okay. is 24. So, I mean, yeah. Definitely. I mean, guys, you got to put, put, gotta put them <laughs> up in there. You got to put the Bucks first. That's yeah, fair. Devin Booker. Uh, and Aiden. Yeah, I'm I'm not a big Devin Booker fan. I don't feel he like he's effective. Buckets. He gets buckets. He just got to Yeah, but can he right. win? Yeah, I think he, I think they can. Yeah, you see, you said they can't win, but look who the man playing with. Oh, no. You can't sleep on Phoenix either. I mean, I agree. They got some things got better. I think Phoenix got better this offseason. Definitely. I think Phoenix got better. They do, but Devin Booker just got better. Yeah, he might be able to reel Devin Booker in. Because I don't feel like anybody can literally look at Devin Booker and just be like, stop shooting the fucking ball. Who needs to shoot the ball? Well, I mean, he's got to shoot the ball. Exactly. Who needs to shoot the ball? Did you look at the team last year? Who needs to shoot it? With that. I never see him take anybody. And I'm like, yo, Donovan Mitchell made sure that guy had 20 points that night. But that man who had else was going to? He had DeAndre Hayden. Who can stop DeAndre Hayden? The man run like a gazelle. Real quick. He big as hell. Real quick. He can shoot threes and he's look, strong as fuck. Look, look. Throw look, the man the ball. Look, look, listen. I don't want no. Listen, I, I, listen. Man. You say all this, right? A is still average 16 as a rookie. I need him to average more. He could have averaged twenty and ten last year if Don, if, if, if Devin he played Bo- with like a point guard to look for him. No, to get the if ball Devin Booker just didn't shoot the ball half of the times when he didn't. Even Who's shoot the better the ball? option? Who's the better option to shoot the ball? The better option. The Devin better option a. is a guy that's six foot eleven, two hundred eighty okay, pounds, okay, full of muscle, okay, can shoot a three, you're can wild. set a pick and roll, can yeah, run as fast as anybody shoot else. No goddamn threes yet. He can shoot he a three. No, he can't. Not yet. It's not going to be consistent. No goddamn threes. It's not going to be consistent. But no, at no, at look, stop. Last year. Huh? I was gonna go. I was gonna finish my. Uh, okay. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, so, so you got Bucks, Phoenix. I got, I got uh, who? Donovan. Yeah, but who else is on the Jazz though? I mean, That's he's, under. You right, fair. Donovan, yeah, fair. So, fair. Yeah. Um, who else? Yeah. Um, That's under twenty-four. Twenty-five. Under twenty-five. Yeah. Make an impact on me. Yeah, Rudy Bear is 27, so that don't really count. Um, I mean, uh, Tatum, Jason Tatum. Tatum, Jalen Brown. I'm not yeah. upset at that. The Mavericks, y'all yeah. sleeping on the Mavericks big time. Chris Kristaps uh, is, is still 24. 24? Luke is 21. Fair. Yeah. How old is Jokic? Uh, That's a great question. You don't even know. How old is Jokic? I don't know. Shout out to Jokic, man. He, yeah. he still had a good season. Oh. Not the best in the league. He's 24. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the That's Nuggets. Five, right? the nuggets. <laughs> I'll probably, if I had to go, I'll, I'll probably, I'll probably say Nuggets won, because I mean, when I look at it, they were second best team in the West last year. Jamal Murray is 21, Jokic is 23, Gary Harris 24, and Beasley is 22, 
and I still believe if Michael Porter Jr. can come in and give you anything, if the he back if, is if, if, if if Michael Porter Jr. can come in and be a guy who can give you 19 to 22 points a night, you got something. I think the only thing that Denver is missing is a guy they can throw the ball to and be like, move. Yeah. From like the wing spot though, I don't think that, I, I don't I don't think they had that wing yet. So number one, I probably got to go Denver. Number two, I'm gonna actually go Dallas. I think Luca with the Rookie of the Year. Bringing back KP. KP was not KP an All Star before he tore his ACL? Yeah, he was. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. He got, that was the year he got elected to, mm-hmm. to be an All Star. Yeah, mm-hmm. personally, I love Jalen Bronson as a as a as a point guard. I think Jalen Bronson is the perfect point guard to play with them. So I'm gonna go with them uh, at my number two spot. Number three, I'm gonna say the Hawks. I was gonna say you gotta, a, the Hawks. Yeah, the Hawks, yeah, man. Like yeah. I, I think Trey Young has a okay. chance to. Be the best, like I said, future best point guard in the league. I think yeah, Trey has a chance to be one of the best, like the the best point guard in the league in three, four years. Yeah, like when I look at him, to me, he's like the evolved version of Steve Nash, mm-hmm. in my humble opinion. And also, I love Cam Reddish. Uh, they got the guy from um, Virginia, DeAndre Hunter. I think that I, I, I think that he fits well. They got uh, 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 Horter, a shooter, like to the point where you can't even really double Trey. Because you got another guy in the backcourt who you really got to worry about, who if you leave him, it's a bucket every time, especially from distance. Um, so I got to go with them. Number four, I'm going to go with the Bucks, even though they don't really have anybody else under, like, 25 besides Giannis. But still, Giannis is still under 25, and the man won an MVP. And I don't even think he's nowhere near the player he can become yet. So I got to go with them. And then five, I'm going to go with the Bulls, man. I love Zach Levine. Like, like I think, Zach is... I think Zach Levine. If we looking at the Eastern Conference, I don't, I don't know Oladip, uh, what um, Oladipo gonna look like when he come back. I think between next year, between him and Bradley Beal, it might be a real discussion of who's the best two guard in the Eastern Conference. I mean, I think what Zach gave you twenty four points last year. Mm-hmm. I think he's only gonna get better. It seems to me like he has a good work ethic. He works hard. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I like Cody White, Laurie Marketing. Kobe he, White. Kobe White, Laurie Marketing, he's more convinced about Laurie than I am. Laurie's gonna be an all-star next year. Remember, I said it. Laurie, I've been saying it for two years. Laurie is like a seven-foot JJ Redick to me. He really needs to get more aggressive. Like some games in which he doesn't shoot the ball, to me, it's his fault. You got to go out there and be more aggressive. But still, I like Laurie. I think Laurie is a guy that can at least what at the very least. How is what are you talking about, man? You like, come on, man, stop. No, like, look, there were certain he, games in which I saw in which, in, like, he would not shoot the ball for 10 minutes. And like, he's no, that's not no the fault. number one option on offense. It doesn't he's matter. He's the number two option. But look, when Zach, Zach is off, is Kobe. I understand that. But when Zach is off the court, it ain't no reason you shouldn't be shooting the ball. Who was going to get the man the ball? Chris Dunn? Be more aggressive. I'm asking you a question. G. Who gonna get the man the ball? Chris Dunn. But look, even even Dirk Nowitzki needed Steve Nash and Jason Terry and Jason Kidd to give him the ball. Real quick though, I don't think Lowry is a guy who needs to be set up. I think Lowry can set himself up. See, and that's why I don't feel like you've watched enough Lowry. I think Lowry can set himself up. No, Lowry needs to be set up. Lowry needs to play with a strong point guard that can score, that can drive to the rim, that can create and dish to him, get him open threes and open drives to the lane. He's not a guy that you're just going to throw the ball like a Dirk Nowitzki, put him on the block and say, go to work, big fella. That's not who he is. He's not going to be the player that you want him to be there. No, that's not true. He's He's still going to give you 19 and 10. That's an all-star in the East, period. If Porzingis was an all-star in the, for the Knicks. would give you like 22, though. Huh? Porzingis, Porzingis would give you like 22. I think, I think Laurie at his peak, probably for his career, and his best year would probably give you 23 and 11. Look at that's fair. And that's an all-star. Look at that's fair. But you don't have to set him up. He's going to get 12 to 15 points 
just for rebounding. He's a good rebounder. He's stronger now. He he's able to actually be in the paint. He actually doesn't mind jumping the block shots, even if he if he I'm sorry, even if he gets dunked on. He needs somebody to set him up. Why do you think the Bulls when they got a point guard? Because they have nobody to distribute no the ball. Why do you think the Suns when they got a point guard? Because they have nobody to distribute the ball. The same way I say Aiden needs shots. The same way Laurie needs shots. If Zach Levine is going to stand out there, dribble, 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 shoot the ball because he think he Kobe. If Devin Booker is going to stand out there, dribble, 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 shoot the ball because he think he Kobe. Yeah, the big man not going to get no touches. That's what the team is. You got a guy like Otto. Otto's a guy that's a good passer. You also, even if Kobe White isn't going to be the guy for you right now, you got Sadoransky. Sadoransky is using the pass. He's used to passing I mean, the ball. Did take he played. Shots last week, uh, uh, he needs last to take eighteen. Laurie took 15. He needs to take 18 for him to be effective. He needs to take 18 to give me 20 to 22 a night. Zach took 18. Laurie took 15. Exactly. And they, but who? But Chris Dunn. Who, how many assists did he average last year? Probably six. Like, that's not good enough. I mean, six is decent. No, that's I not mean, good enough. Six is decent no, when you Drew, consider the fact that it's not though. Zach gave you 4.5. Yes, but I'm I'm talking to you about a good distributor point guard. What have we been talking about Chris Dunn for for the past couple years in terms of him? He's not the guy. Well, he's John Wall without the talent. Okay. Fair. Literally, he's John Wall without the talent. So, but, but still, I, but so still, I'm not those, upset, but Lara's going to be all right. Those, 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 I'm just saying you believe in Lara a little more than what I believe in Lara. But you'll I do see. think Lara is going to be a very, very you'll good see. quality NBA player. Also, I like Wendell Carter. Um, and even if Wendell Carter isn't who I think he can be, I love the guy that they drafted, uh, Daniel Gafford. I think he played great in summer league. I, I think I Daniel Gafford. Nah, I, I think Daniel Gafford played great in some league. So I'm also like, that's my five. That's my five. When said about, yeah, uh, my five. Number one, I'm gonna go with the Pelicans. You have Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, Josh Hart, um, the and the other guy that they drafted. Um, I forgot Jackson Hayes. Uh, Jackson Hayes. And they got Shay's cousin, who's great too. I don't care about him. Nah, Shay's. Nah, Shay's cousin look crazy. Yeah. Huh? Shout out to Arby Dawkins. Yeah, shout out to him. Um, but I'm take the Pelicans. I think they have the. I think that young court. I just named them what four or five guys. That's a starting lineup right there, and all those guys are under 23, I believe, mm. uh, which is great for them. I, uh, for number two, I'm actually gonna go with the Kings. I think that the Kings. I don't think they will get there this year because I think they need one more year of heartbreak, like the Nuggets did the year before last when they lost and they were trying to get to the playoffs for the second year and they missed it. I think this will be another one of those years for the Kings. Only issue with that is you know Buddy Hill's 26. So what? I still got Bogdan. I still got Buddy Bogdan's, Hill. Bogdan's twenty. I mean, I'm sorry. I still got D'Angelo. I'm sorry. I still got um. You got um, Bagley. I still got Swiper, and, got... and I still got Bagley. I think Swiper and Bagley can be honestly. I think they can be one of the deadliest point guard power forward combinations in the league. Probably I agree in about with three that. four years. So I'm not gonna give up on their promise, but also, but oh, no, no, but they got young guys on their bench. It's not like they have an old team. They don't have an old team. They have young guys on their bench. I mean, the oldest guys on that roster are probably Harrison Barnes. Um, nah, Kufa's a reason. I mean, yeah, Kuf, come on, we talking talk about guys that are never gonna start again. We're talking about guys that'll never start. They're all bench players, peripheral guys, young core. I'm taking them. For my number three, I'm actually going to go with the Mavericks because I like Luka and I like KP. And the only reason why I chose the Kings over them is because I think that KP, after the injury, I don't know what he's going to be. I think we've seen enough of De'Aaron Fox where he's a guy next year. If he steals an all-star spot from somebody, I won't be surprised. If Bagley sneaks in and steals an all-star spot and the Kings are just like lighting it up, I wouldn't be surprised. But with this Mavericks team, I think KP is going to need a full year before he's going to be anything what he was before. I think he has to change his
his game a lot more, become much more of a better uh, mid-range shooter, get a couple more moves because he didn't really have a ton of moves in the mid-range. He was really like size, athleticism, kind of what you say with Laurie, but I think he had a little bit more in the interior. His game is going to have to stretch a little bit more to the mid-range, especially if they want to start him at power forward, which is what I think they will do. So I'm going to take them third, even though I think my guy Luka is going to be better than LeBron, but I'm, we're going to hold off on it until that happens. Number four, I'm going to say the Grizzlies because I like <laughs> Luka's, Luka's rookie year was better than LeBron. Go look up the numbers. Seriously, go look up the numbers. More Seriously, same amount of points, more same amount of points, more rebounds, and the same amount of assists on way better shooting, way less shots. Six minutes less a game. Nah, I'm sorry, there's no comparison. It's really, it's really not. Go back, do your googles. League is different now, but it's huh? Fine. League. Is I don't want to hear the league fine. is different. That's such, that's such a cop it out. It is. That's such a cop out. Luca been approved. I mean, I'm sorry, he been a pro since he was like 12. That's a cop out. That's not a cop that's out. A, league that's a cop league. out. League, he was a pro in Europe now. since he was 12. The league is actually different. Stop now. that. LeBron was dunking on his friends at St. Vincent St. Mary. You were talking to me about Luca and LeBron. The league is different. No, now. it's not. Stop it that. Is. Even Lamelo is gonna come in to the league as a better prospect than most guys that go to college. That's fair. That most guys, the most guys that come from straight from the that high school to the NBA. That doesn't stop the fact that the league is actually a different league now. Yeah, sorry, no. What, what, it's how, easy for people okay, to score. Okay, so, so how did that? So, so how did that explain LeBron's lack of rebounding? Because how guards weren't expected. Well, not guard. He, first LeBron? of all, he was playing no way. Whoa, 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 whoa. Come on, lie, no. lie to me, please. No. Sit here and lie. Sit here and lie to them. He was playing point guard at first. Who when was? He first came in. LeBron's playing point guard. Also, they weren't taking as many threes, so there weren't as many long rebounds. Back then, it, they, they just weren't. And he probably had somebody on his team giving him like 10 rebounds. The league was just different back then. DeAndre Jordan didn't play with Luka Doncic for the first half of the season. Yeah, and then, then he got traded away. And then but his stats many, went crazy. No, his stats been crazy. No, The whole no, argument no, we no, had about stats. rookie in the order. Wait a second. We had this whole argument last year about rookie of the year. He told me Trey Young was rookie of the year because Trey Young I played said good. I rookie of the year. Stop. He told me Trey Young was rookie of the year because Trey Young played good for the last three quarters of the, or the half of the season. I said Luka was the better rookie because he played that way from the very start and finished the season strong. Make up your mind. I don't think. Like, Make up but, your mind. But look. But Make look, up your mind. Listen, listen. He had he was averaging about like 20. And then when they traded everybody away, he went up to like 24. When they traded everybody away, his stats went and got better because he was dominating the ball more. Stop it. You're a hater. I feel you, but you're a hater. No. Yes. And also, I think that Trey Young would be a better player than Luka too. No, he won't. But I, I, I really wonder how how Lou's gonna do in the second season. He's I wonder how high his ceiling is. I just wonder how you're high gonna be very is. mad when he's an All Star next year. He probably, he's an I mean, yeah, I mean, he's gonna get a, he's gonna get an All Star spot regardless because he's very famous. So he's gonna get an All Star spot. Um, yeah. So next, I'm gonna go with four. Probably, I'm gonna go with the Nuggets because they got Jokic and Jokic was top. You know, I think he's top three, top five guy in the league in terms of where he's. Put them at four, huh? I'm gonna put them at four. Yes, I'm gonna put them at four. You're not put them above Dallas, huh? You didn't gonna put them above Dallas? No, I'm not putting them. Did you not just hear what I said about Luka Doncic? Okay. I just said what I said. I think the man gonna be better than LeBron, and if he, I think he's already better than LeBron was at that point in time. All around, he's all around a better player than LeBron. The only thing he doesn't have is a 40 inch vertical, and he and he still will yam on you. And he was smacking old LeBron's shot all around the rim when LeBron was trying to lay it up against him twice. Two times in a row. Went down. Easy layup. Boom. Give me that LeBron. Cookies. Not the Cookies. LeBron was. Cookies. Okay. It don't matter. He don't have to be the defender. He's okay. a better offensive player. You're lying to yourself. Mm, if he, you're, a lie. you know. you're a liar. You sat up here. We watched a Kobe versus LeBron game from 2009. The whole game, he's screaming, LeBron can't score. But listen. Listen. Offense is more than just that. I don't think that Luke is the passer that LeBron is. They average the same amount of assists in their first year. 
Yeah, but again, the game is more open now. He's playing with more shooters. And you what, also got to look what like, shooters look, on the Mavericks. Listen, listen, no, listen. I'm, I'm, what shooters on the Mavericks? They had Wesley Matthews at first. He cannot. Wesley Matthews can't knock down a shot. After Wesley no, Matthews, you told me Harrison his numbers Barnes. went up when they got rid of everybody. So I'm they asking you, Tim Hardaway Jr. He's a shooter. He can shoot the ball. You know who Tim Hardaway shooter. Jr. is? He played with better shooters. Is he a shooter than you? Jack, he played better shooters than Bron playing shooter. with. It's tricky. Gee, the man was playing with Ricky Davis. Tim, Hardaway, Tim Hardaway Jr. was Ricky we, Davis with a New York Knicks contract no, when he was he, in New York. All, Stop first, that. Whoa, whoa. First of all, Ricky Davis dominates the ball way more than Tim Hardaway Jr. ever did. Am I lying about that? Even more to my point, they're not shooters. Neither one of them was a shooter. And Tim Hardaway got the ball out of New York. In New York? Not in Dallas? In Bro, who else was playing with him? He was on the. I'm New York. asking you what shooters. You ain't named me no shooters. Tim Hardaway Jr. is not known for being a shooter. Is Tim Hardaway Jr. known for being he a shooter? He can shoot the ball. What do you know Tim Hardaway Jr. for doing? Shooting the ball. Exactly. What you mean? Come on, man. What you, you mean? You know Tim Hardaway Jr. Game for Jr. You know Tim Hardaway Jr. Exactly. Jr. ain't no shooter to me. Jr. ain't never been a shooter to me. Come on, T. Jr. is not a shooter to me. J, Jr. became a shooter when he went to Cleveland. Jr. wasn't a shooter for his whole career. He was a shooter in New York. No, he wasn't. He was a slasher and a mid-range guy. He couldn't shoot. G. Come on, man. Jr. was Jr. was a shooter in New York. Yeah. No. He was a shooter who could also get to the rim. Who else there was it? Oh, stop it! Nobody else was there to shoot the ball. Literally, Melo Iso mid-range. I'm so throwing you the ball. The ball. He was, was he not the shooter. Who Why do you shooter? think he didn't survive in New York? Because he couldn't fucking shoot it. They put him in the shooter's role. He didn't survive in New York. He survived in New York right. doing what? What was what did J what was J.R. Smith's accomplishments in New York? Sixth man of the year, if I'm not mistaken. In what? The one year they made to the playoffs. What else did he do in New York? Averaged like 15 points. 15, on, 16 man. points. Tim Hardaway Jr. averaged 19. I'm telling you, Tim Hardaway Jr. He can shoot is ball. a slasher and a score. He is not a shooter. Okay. He is not a shooter. Okay. You wanna argue me, Jalen Brunson? Fine. You wanna argue me, Keebler? Fine. You wanna argue me, Jose Juan Moran before he tore his Achilles? Fine, but that Mavericks team had no shooters Moran on that ain't shit. Ain't no better shooter than uh, than Tim Hardaway. Yes, he Jr. is. No, he's Come not. On. Oh G. my god, bro. No, okay. he's not. G. Right. Jose Barea is not a better shooter. Okay, G. Jose Barea shot twenty nine percent from three this year. G. Tim he Hardaway tore his Achilles, bro. Halfway through the year, well, actually a, a thirty some games through the season. In the thirty game, the thirty eight games that he played, he shot twenty nine percent as a bench guy. G. What was his years? I mean, what's the numbers the years before? What was he shooting from the field and from there? The highest he shot from the three was 37%. Now, go back and tell me what Tim Hardaway Jr. was highest. Okay, so what? In Minnesota. So what? What's Tim Hardaway Jr.'s highest shooting from the three? He started 11 games that year and only played 41. What was Tim Hardaway Jr.'s highest shooting from the three? I got you. I need to know this now. I got you. Tim Hardaway Jr., the highest he shot was 36%. When? What year? And and what team? First year. And what team? Knicks. Come on, man. Stop. He can shoot the ball. Stop it. Stop it. I'm sorry. I I will give you any of the other victories. Regardless. No. Regardless. But, regardless. But still, but my number five team, I'm going to say the Atlanta Hawks because we can round it out on that. Okay, the right. Hawks, I think they got a very talented young core. I like Trey Young. I like uh, John Collins. I like Huerta. I like the I like um, the fact that they picked up Cam Reddish. Do you like Cam Reddish? What do you think about mm-hmm. him as a prospect? Like Good him. player, solid He's player. Solid. Who do you – you got any comps for him? Do you watch college basketball a lot? Uh, I'm not a huge college guy, so that's yeah. why I'm asking. No, I mean, I watch. I watch a little bit. Um I mean, you know, it's just another level, man. Mm-hmm. They can they can say all they want, and you know, yeah, we see guys flunk out of the NBA yeah. all the time. So once they get there, if they make the adjustment, hey, go for it. Yeah, but we just gotta see. You know, do you like Trey Young as a prospect, as a player? What do you think about him? 
I like Trey. I mean, Trey's proven that he can he can hold his own, you know, in his rookie year, which is mm-hmm. which is sort of the test for a lot of guys. You know, if you can hold your own in, in your rookie year, and um, Trey uh, did that uh, with a lot of confidence, put the put the team on his back, and mm-hmm. I think he's got a lot of potential. Which young guy do you think has the most potential in the NBA right now? In terms of not, I'm mean, not even in terms of like, is he going to be the greatest player of all time? But which guy do you look at and you're like, that guy has a lot of potential to either be a star or be a good player in the league, regardless of where they got picked, where they got drafted at, just in terms of kind of you seeing them? Well, I mean, I think <laughs> the two guys that one has already accomplished it and the other one still has a lot to. To, to prove mm-hmm. um, is LeBron and Anthony Davis. Okay. So I mean, and the interesting thing about both of their games—they're not the you know—they're not like the prettiest games yeah. that you watch, you know. But it's so effective, you know, mm-hmm. that you can't, despite the numbers. But uh, I think what uh, what LeBron has accomplished that all of us get to see is is huge. I mean, breaking some of Jordan's records, breaking you know. Kareem's records and some of the some of the other legends in, in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think Anthony Davis, if he can stay healthy for the seasons, can can certainly uh, you know potentially break a lot of records. He's he's that kind of ball player. Um, I think uh, uh, Russ, you know, he's he's. I don't know about the championships or anything, mm-hmm. but in terms of just what he offers to the game. Uh, in terms of numbers and being able to put those numbers together yeah. and triple doubles and everything, I mean, that's that's incredible to do it night in and night out. So uh, those are guys. I mean, I, I, and you know, despite what you may think, I think Russ still has another four or five years on him. That I hope he does. Yeah. Russ is one of my favorite players. He really is. I just I just haven't seen the the. The desire to want to what? No, can you let me fucking finish the goddamn finish. sentence? Shit, I desire, can't even get the first. Like, I ha- let me finish okay. my fucking sentence. Go ahead, goddamn. Go ahead, finish the sentence. I haven't finish seen the, the desire to want to change his game and mold his game around being a better shooter. I understand that he is a freak of nature, that he is a great rebounder, that he is a great playmaker, that he has supreme vision and passing and can do all those other things. But if you're gonna shoot. 39% from the floor and 29% from the you know from the three-point line, you're not going to be effective as as effective as you need him to because even in the playoffs, if I'm dealing with Russ, I'm not like the one thing you seen with Russ and Paul George was when Paul George went cold, all you did or well actually in order to make Paul George have a bad game or defend him, you either going to load up on him or you're going to put a defender on him that's going to try to irritate him a little bit more and then you're going to try to put the pressure on Russ to be able to make shots. And more times than not, he couldn't, which is why whenever Paul George had he struggled and he had a bad game, usually Russ had a good a good game, but it wasn't a good game shooting from the floor. Like you know what I mean? Like I'm, I always talk to people when we talk. I'm talking about possessions. It's a lot of possessions that Russ leaves on the floor with with wide open misses, where the game could be five points, six points, seven points, and instead it's three points, two points, one point because you can't make those shots. He has to go out and get better. I have not seen a desire from him to want to go out and become a better shooter. I have never watched that man play basketball, and I'm thinking, yo, he finally found a rhythm shooting. Even Derrick Rose. I always just say Derrick Rose cannot shoot. He was slashing. He was driving. He Occasionally, he hit big shots. He was a timely guy. 
but he never showed the desire to want to go out and get better as a shooter. Once he finally got healthy, last year, he went out, said he changed his whole form, talked to this guy, told you he changed his whole form, had the desire to go out and get better as a shooter. If Russ not going to get better as a shooter, it's not going to work. Here's my it's going to be the same thing as with Chris Paul, except for the guy six foot four, and he's just going to be clanking off the rim instead of pulling his hamstring. Here's my thing with Russ, right? His, his Russ is never going to be a great shooter, ever. Like, that's not who Russell Westbrook is. My thing is... The 65% from the free throw line, we can't have that. But what I, but what I do want to say, he did get hand surgery after the season, so we don't know when he hurt his hand. Like, that might have messed up his shot. We don't know. Like, he, he might have hurt it in the playoffs, might have hurt it mid- midway through the season. We don't know. My thing with Russ is get back to shooting 84% from the line. Because the man going to the line, well, he went six times last year. But you know why you go six times? Because you don't want to go in there because you ain't making your free throws. When the first year... When he averaged 31, he went to the line 10 times a night. If you can get to the line eight, mm. eight, eight to nine times a night, shoot 80% from the line, then that discards the fact that you're not a great shooter. That's the thing I say about Ben Simmons. He don't need to get a jump shot. He needs to shoot free throws better. He's 6'9", 230. Nobody can stop you from getting to the rim. Once you, once you like, if you, if they plan you where they guard you at the, at the, um, free throw line, right? And they give you that much space. If you drive hard at them, they have to stop the ball. When they stop the ball, if they're going to foul you, you're too big. They have to foul you. Yeah, if you can shoot 80%, if I'm you can shoot 80% though. from the free throw line, you kind of sort of eliminate some of these things. Everybody doesn't need to be a great shooter. But the free throw line, that's unacceptable. 65% from the line from your point guard, that's unacceptable. No, it is. That's unacceptable. Now, now look. It's still a part of shooting. When if people call get, me true shooting percentages, the free throws are still a part of it. That's he cool. has to go out and show the desire to want to be a better Listen, shooter of the basketball. If the man can literally shoot when he won his first MVP, he shot 42% from the field, 35, 34% from three. If he can do that and shoot 85%, perfect. 42% from the field for my point Gee, guard. Gee, I shot atrocious. 84%. Is it not, this is a real question. 42% from your point guard, not atrocious? It's not actually that bad. I mean, 40, 40. <laughs> we just living in the era in which you no, see people like Steph put up crazy. Game, you got to shoot at least 46, 47 percent from the from the field. Yeah, he's shooting forty two. But that's, there's a lot of people shooting less than that. And yeah, but they not Russell Westbrook though. That's what I'm saying. You telling me they gonna be the most talented backcourt of all yes. time? Well, I need to see it. Well, here's I got to see the effort. Russ doesn't need the ball long. Okay. Russ just Russ just needs to get to the basket, okay. And even if he doesn't score, mm-hmm. now he's got one of the biggest threats in outside shooting beside Kevin Durant and, and uh, Stephen Curry to dump the ball to. That's gonna knock it down. He had that and, in Paul and, George though. What? what no, was it, no, no, really. No. Okay. And I mean, you no. want to talk about okay. shooters? Paul George isn't a shooter. He's a Mark. shooter to me. No. Look at his numbers. Hard is not a shooter. Hard is an ISO player. Hard is not a shooter. You telling me you kicking it up to Harden and he a shooter? When you ever know James Harden to be a catch a, a, a catch and shoot guy? Because who? I saw does he Paul George to... do it his whole career. Paul George is more of a shooter than James no, Harden. He's not a catch and shoot guy, but you let him get in rhythm, he's gonna knock that thing down, and and most of it is from outside. So it's. It's it's a dangerous combination, and he can get to the hole. I mean, you know, he, all he has to do is sort of knock down a few. That's going that's going to draw defense, and then you dump it to Russ, and he's he's going at you hard. So it's different than playing with Chris Paul, and and it's I think it's it's a dangerous backcourt. 
my thing again, my thing with cause he's cause if he's playing with and also yeah, you even said you've never seen Russ play with this much shooting around him. Like never. Even when they play with Katie, they had Roberson at the two. You don't even have to guard Roberson. Serge even it was Serge was there, but Serge wasn't the shooter that he is now when he was in OKC. Yeah, and I, mean, you had I mean, I don't think Serge is a shooter anyway. I mean, but Serge is a better shooter now than than, than the way he was. He's a guy. If I leave him open, I mean, I'm gonna close. Getting, I'm gonna close my eyes. Rhythm. rhythm. But, mm, I mean, Serge Serge can knock down a 15 footer. He's he's yeah. pretty consistent, 15 15 17 feet. So he's not somebody that you and will knock down a three. You know, every now and then. So. He's not somebody that you just gonna forget about on the floor. And I mean, ask ask Golden State. I mean, shit, he kind of he kind of killed us a little bit there in, yeah, in the finals with game. You know, the, and, and again, leave him leave him, you know, alone. He's fifty fifty. That's what a lot of people think. But Serge is more than 50, 50, 50. I agree, but again, you you like my 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 thing with Russ is the free throw line, bro. The sixty five, like that's the troubling thing. Basically, for your whole career, you've been around eighty percent. Then you go into last year, you shoot seventy three, and this year sixty five. I can't have that. If you can get yourself back to eighty percent, we good. Well, because you leaving like what you taking at that point. If you averaging twenty two, if you can get to the line more, you averaging twenty six. Well, I think the biggest thing Russ got to get used to is that when he was in at Oklahoma, he was the man. James Harden was the was the understudy. Yeah. And now it's the reverse. Yeah. James Harden, this is his team. Yeah. This is his show. And basically, you know, Russell Westbrook is coming up under, under yeah. him. So that flip in in you know power or whatever it is, you know, is where Russ has to settle in at. He yeah. can't come in with that. You know, I'm gonna make this my team. Sort of. That's gonna cause so. It's, I agree with that. It's that that that, that kind of thing that you got that 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 is a dynamic that I, that I feel like especially when you know you working in with like in the league is like I don't think people realize sometimes the human side to the league like things like that have a huge effect on you when you go out there on the basketball court to play. Like yeah, last time we was on a team, you was coming off the bench. <laughs> now you talking about I'm an MVP and I'm the man. I'm coming off after your 36 point. You come up. Thirty six points, semifinals exit. You coming off getting pretty much embarrassed in the first round. So like, this is my team, my franchise. I've been here. You got to fall in line with me. But again, I think that because of the fact they played together before, I think that like, and I I I would I would both LA boys exactly. And like you know, like I would hope that they would have attained some friendship throughout the years and kept a friendship. And I think it'll be fine. I don't think you'll see, you know, the the, the, the alleged power struggle between those two. Yeah, I mean, I think they, they understand. You know, L.A. LA Cats are different, man. All the players I've ever had that was from L.A., they're different. <laughs> L.A. people are 100% different. They're different, different. But, you know, but when they're, from, when they're from here, you know, it's sort of like, you know, sort of this, this unspoken bond or uh, what have you. And they... they they're interesting. <laughs> yeah, they're so we've talked a lot about. Well, we've talked a little bit about Giannis. Um, I kind of moved over it, like just like skimmed over a little bit. Like when I was, I don't think Giannis is anywhere near the player that he can become. What would you like to see Giannis get better at doing to take his game to an even higher level? Well, I think that he he has to work on his outside shot. He's got to work on his mid range shot. He's got to work on, you know, eventually knocking down three, um, and and not being afraid to do it. Because um, now you sort of see his little hesitancy to, to just pull up and, and shoot. He, he always really wants to just get to the basket. 
Um, so when you become a threat, you know, with an outside shot, then that opens up the middle for him to do those other mm-hmm. things. Because, um, you know, people have to respect your shot from 15, 17 feet, you know, which again, you knock down a few of those, then they're running at you now. Now you can pump fake. You can go do whatever you need right. to do, what have you. So I think right now, you know, pretty much they sort of double up on him, you know, and they set, set the wall up on him, what have you. And, you know, he's long, you know, and, and he's big, so he's able to get up over people, what have you, but, you know, you don't want him to get hurt either. So That's my thing, too. You know, he's got to learn how to preserve himself because he can't be, he's not going to be Superman his, his whole career, so he's got to learn how to, uh, you know, just be consistent in those other areas of basketball, like mid-range, you know, and... And then eventually, you know, stepping back and knocking down a few threes. And once he's once he gets comfortable knocking that down, then, you know, he'll really, 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 you know, reach his potential. I agree. Like I, I think Giannis has potential to be one of the greatest players ever. But the issue I'm with you, I, I think even more important than the three point shot, it's like the mid range game. Like if like even if he could post you and just shoot a turnaround and like fade away, who could block it? Right. Like he's so long, like nobody, he's so long and athletic, nobody's going to be able to block that shot. So he just needs something that, like, when you can't, and you can't, like, like I'm with you. Like, even when he Euro steps down, like, man, there's too many bodies in the lane. You Euro stepping everywhere, you step on somebody's foot, it's a sprained ankle. Who, who, like, who else knows what could happen because there's just so many bodies in the lane. My thing is, like, you need a game more important than, like, the three point line because I don't even want that man standing out. I think him standing out there taking six threes a game. Takes away from what he's extremely dangerous well, at. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Like he doesn't. Me, yeah. he, he, you know, eventually you, you step back into the three, what have you, knock down a few. But I think right now he just needs to be consistent with his mid range game. I agree. And I mean, let's think. You know, there's guys who made millions of dollars with a great mid range game. You know, Tim Duncan wasn't yeah. out there shooting yeah. threes. It was all 15 feet. Yeah. <laughs> Off the glass. You know what I'm saying? 15, uh, 20 feet. So Kawhi won the championship with. You know, yeah. So. Um, you know, Dirk, for the most part, you know, he worked off the elbow. It was 15, 17 feet. So it's not like, you know, you have to have a three in order to, you know, be successful. I think that if he, he works on, you know, his little floaters and, you know, just jump stop and coming and pulling up, you know, knocking those, knocking those down consistently, he's going to be a lot more effective and he'll have a longer career. I agree. So that he can break some of those records. I agree. I agree. But I'm I'm I'm, I'm happy to because I think that's like what's, what's wrong with basketball today. Sometimes people just get so caught up in like, like oh we want to shoot three, shoot three, shoot like. But there's a whole area of the floor that if you get really good in and you can navigate in that, you'll be just fine. Yeah. I promise you'll be just fine. Yeah, I mean Pat Ewing, you know, he was a another one. I mean, there's a lot of ball players that made a lot of money from 17 to 15 feet. <laughs> Michael <laughs> Jordan. You know, yeah, he wasn't like, you know, he, and again, another example, he was, you know, he eventually moved back to the three. Yeah. But, you know, he got, he started off as aggressive going to the basket, dunking, what have you. Then he had to, you know, figure out his little mid-range game. Once he got his mid-range game down, then you started to see Michael shooting threes. So it was like a progression that, that you see in their development. And uh, each year you got to come back with something different, something to offer, you know, your team, uh, offer yourself, and then offer, you know, to your opponents because they scout you. You know, they got That's all them. the film on you. That's you know, so they know all your, little, all your little idiosyncrasies and everything else, what have you. you, know, if you I mean, I remember one time, uh, this is when uh, AI was, uh, had been traded to Denver, and uh, we went up there and played, and uh, Chris Paul sort of embarrassed him. 
right? And after the game, I was like, man, you just killed AI, you know? That's the man that, 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 that you know, stepped what back on Jordan and all this other kind what of stuff, What year was this? Right? Oh, oh, man. Oh, seven, about, oh, about, about, yeah, oh, seven, seven away. And uh, he was like, uh, Jack, he's all right-handed. I was like, what? He said, yeah, he's all right-handed. Like, if he goes left, he's going to put the ball down once or twice, and then he's going to pull up. But other than that, he's going to get back to his left. But the thing about AI, he's so quick that you don't really pay attention to the mm -hmm. fact that he's just all right handed. Right -handed. So he just sat on his right hand and picked him, you know, all night, what have you. And I was like, damn, that's like the new age, you know. So, like, when you see these players, um, they got younger players that, you know, like Chris and, and you know, uh, D, D West, whatever, they, they scout you and they, they watch film, you know. When I get off the bus, hey, you know, they're going to the to the uh, video guy and say, hey man, I need tonight's film so I can, so I can, so yeah. I need, I need tomorrow's, you know, I need whoever you're going to play, I need they film, what have you, you know, so, you know, Chris's biggest nemesis was Darren Williams earlier. Oh on. my God, you, Darren Williams so, used to, oh my, bro, Darren, Darren, Darren used to Darren destroy, used to, Darren used to, the, the, the yellow, Darren used to go crazy, you Darren know? used to destroy CP3, yeah. and like, it used to hurt me because literally I was a, like, after growing up, because, like, I've always been a fan of guards, right? Because I'm a small guy. So, when I play basketball, I was always playing point guards, something like that, right? So, after Allen Iverson kind of got traded, and it was like, damn, like, AI off the Sixers, CP3 was my guy. Like, literally, I've been watching CP3 at Wake Forest. Like, literally, CP3 was even more than LeBron at that point was my favorite basketball player. Oh, no doubt. I mean, he is, hey, Chris Paul is an exceptional ball player. He's an exceptional ball player. Um you know, some of the other stuff, you know, in terms of personality and getting along with players and, you know, different staff and that kind of stuff, you know, that's, you know, hey, it is what it is. Um, and, you know, it's unfortunate because, uh, you know, I've had my situations when I was, you know, coaching where, you know, you don't necessarily get along with players, you don't get along with, you know, management, what have you. Um, but, you know, you stand for what you stand for. So. Um, it's, you know, it's tough. It's bigger than just a sport. I agree. You know, um, that a lot of people don't understand when it I comes agree. to, you know, professional sports and, and particularly basketball. Um, there's stuff that goes on off the court. There's stuff that goes on with players' families, you know, also with their personal lives. <laughs> that know, is, so yeah, true. It's a lot some of them got some demons, man, you know. They got some demons. No, I mean, like, even, even, even like, DeMar, when he was talking about, like, yo, I'm depressed. Yeah. Like that's a, like that's a real thing. Like that actually might not. I'm not. not I don't want to say that like affects him and you know like like on the like basketball court because I don't know for sure, but it might. Well, you know, it's like pro professional sports is like boxing, man. You gotta think there's millions and billions of of people trying to get and in the NBA. There's only three hundred positions, so this that's three hundred jobs in the whole world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So. Um, it is it's tough and when players navigate the system and they get to you know a certain level there's there's all kinds of triggers that go off in their brain um, and some of them actually you know they probably have like a little survivor's remorse particularly if you're coming from like really bad situations all your boys ain't make it you know yeah. you're doing this you're doing that so like for them sometimes it's sort of like Damn, you know, like, why am I so blessed? What have you? So then that starts to depress them. What have you? You be thinking to yourself, nigga, you got a hundred, a hundred million dollars. What are you? 
what are you depressed about? Like, you know, this, that, and the other, what happened. But, I mean, money don't solve all of those yeah. problems, yeah. you know. So, you got to, it's, it's tough being a star, man. It's really tough being a star, the responsibility of, of that. And a lot of times, what the athletes don't realize is that they are held to a different uh, different light, you know. Um, so, they're, you know, some of the personal things and some of the things that they're used to doing and what have you, you know, they just not aren't, aren't acceptable, um, you know, with what the responsibility is that they've been given. So, you know, they they had they got to navigate a lot. That's also with celebrities, man. Like we we look at them from from a from a monoscopic view a lot of times. Like, oh, that's my favorite person, and this, that, and the other. And then when things go wrong, we're like disappointed, what have you. But you know, these people have the same issues and problems that you know a lot of us have. Um, not necessarily financial, but you know, there's some stuff that you you're not exempt from. You know, you think about you know some of the uh, basketball players that are really macho and this, that, and the other, and they got gay kids. You know, what I'm saying like that's that's. I don't think that that was their wish. Not that they don't love them or anything like that. Yeah. But all the money that they had didn't exempt them from that. You know what I'm saying? So you think about that kind of stuff, what have you, and that's a whole nother emotional kind of, <laughs> yeah. kind of, you know, to having that kind of limelight on you, what have you. So it's, it's, it can be tough, what have you, and, and you just hope that you have the right support around you um, and people that, you know, when you start getting out there in space, the people that can, you know, come, come, you know, beam you in and be like, hey, listen, Scotty, you done went out there a little too far, you know, I'm your boy and shit, but some of that shit you're doing is fucked up. We don't need that, you know, like, you gotta have them, yeah. you know, you can't have the ones that's like, yeah, nigga, let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> you nah, know, but they got that too, yeah, you they, know, like, you got a lot of money now, you yeah. know, you got girls that's, you know, they not sincere, you know. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, no, nah, I mean, even for me, just like, you know, working in, like, you know, just, just the, like, transitioning from being a fan to like just working like around the media like you see things a little bit differently like even when I like my season my locker room and I see them in the club a couple hours later like, like you just see things a little bit differently and you realize like they're actually human so like the human nature and like the human side it has to trickle into the locker room because again these are just human beings when you see people like this which, which is why like I know that the Clippers have a dope culture because like every time I walk in the locker room like I they're cool like everybody's talking, everybody's laughing, it's a cool atmosphere. I remember the first game I ever covered. It was uh T Wolves Clippers. Um, it's like right before Jimmy got traded. I walked in the locker room and it was the most awkward thing. I was like, yo, they have to trade Jimmy. Like they it just like they it was like everybody was on one side, like like all the old boys and like they kind of like Luau, D Rose, Taj, Jimmy was all on one side. The rest of the team is like over there and like nobody's talking. It's like them talking and nobody else. I'm like, yo, this is horrible. I know if I played on this team, I would be so annoyed. Like, I don't want to come to work. Like, I physically do not want to come to work because I this is just a terrible situation. As opposed to you walking in the Clippers locker room last year, it felt like you was in, like, a high school locker room. Like, everybody was cool, laughing, joking, telling jokes. Even after losses, like, nobody was really mad. Mm-hmm. It was just like everybody was a chill. Hey, you know what? We lost. It's a team thing. Like, whatever. We'll get over it. So I can, like, even just tell, like, the difference between a – you know, a culture that's good and solid and something sustainable as in something that's toxic. Like, just even being on the other side and just from the capacity that I've been in it. Yeah, yeah no, you, you do have to have the right culture. Um, and that all starts from the top, you know, so. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool, though. Yeah. It's cool to have that experience. Yeah, I agree. So, before we get ready to get out of here, we only got a few minutes left. 
Let's go ahead. Let's take some fan questions. Yo, shout out to Eric Ramsey for donating. We appreciate you. Once again, homie SKR, then your AV86. We appreciate you. Got a question from Glue Entertainment Consultants, LLC. It says, top three best dressed players in the NBA. Um, Let's see. I'm going to go with... It depends on what type of style you like, though, as well. I mean, with my particular style, I'm gonna go with LeBron minus. No, G. LeBron, no, no we getting stop, no, stop, stop, stop. You can't tell me what the fuck okay. my style is. All right, I'm All gonna right. go with LeBron. My, I'm gonna go with LeBron minus the tuxedos and the and the suits that he wear. Anything non suit involved, including when he wore the suit jacket with the hoodie in it. No, fam, <laughs> not going off that. I'm not saying LeBron's the best, but I'm gonna go him up there. I'm gonna go with the Brody and I'm gonna go with the beard. Even though half of the shit Russ wears, I will I would never wear. Um, I gotta go CP3. Uh-huh. I think CP3 gets fits off. Um, I gotta go. I've never heard anybody say Chris Paul can dress. I'm sorry. You're nah, G. We did the Texas Ranger fit. It was a fit, bro. I put that fit, fit on, G. I nah, nah, but it was a fit. Uh, CP3. Um, man, who else gets fits off? Obviously, you gotta put like Russ in there. I was think Russ is probably yeah. when you think about NBA fashion. You gotta like think about Russ. Um, and lastly, oh man, who gets fits off? I would Tuck PJ Tucker. Tuck. I'm not upset at Tuck. that. Tuck. Who you got, Jack? Uh, I would go with LeBron. Um, I would say Chris is stylish. Chris, Chris, Chris. You know, does a good job. Um, I would say. Iman Shumpert or uh, okay, I'm not mad at that. Fair. Shout Shump, um, crib legend, uh, and uh, and James Harden. And James Harden, I'm not fair. mad at that. Fair. I'm, I like yo it. Russ and Harden gonna have a fit off all year. Russ Harden and <laughs> Peter Tucker on the same team, fit off all year. It's fit off. Like it's gonna be a fit, fit off <laughs> all year, all year. Hashtag fit off. Fit off yeah, all year, all year long, all year. <laughs> Yeah, so shout out to Glue Entertainment. All right, we got one from Oliver O'Kenyuk. You're you're in our good graces now since you apologized to Scott. He said, will Kyrie ever win an MVP or be first team All-NBA in his career? The only year he could probably win MVP is maybe this year. If, like, the Nets do something crazy and they're, like, the third or, like, the second seed that we don't – I think this year, I mean, if Kyrie comes out – Especially because nobody's really talking about him. Yeah, I feel like if you poll people like who's MVP candidates, and it's like nobody gonna say Kyrie right now. Like yeah. they, you like I said Kyrie last year, which I still think if they were a better team, he would have got. I mean, if you look at his stats, his stats were great for the regular season. But if they were a better team, he might have got some votes. But I think first team All NBA is like doable, depending on like I mean how good the Nets are. I think it's doable. What he was second he's team this year. He's going to have to make it over Curry. He's going to have to make it over Harden, over Westbrook. He could make it over Steph one year, not this year though. Because yeah, Steph well, is going to have no, 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 not not this year. Because Steph, barring unless he gets hurt, is going to shoot enough shots to put up crazy numbers. Mm-hmm. But now I think MVP is a possibility. I would probably, I know why he consistently asked me this. I would probably say no. But if there's any year for him to do it, it's probably this year. If he can come out, get the Nets to like 53 wins, they end up like second, third seed, something like that, he'll be in a voting for it, possibly. All right, cool. And let's see. SUHTV says, so y'all just going to ignore us. Yes, we're ignoring y'all, Scott. 
We know we already know what y'all up to. Y'all up to no good. But shout out to y'all for watching it. So once again, thanks, Jack. We appreciate you for coming through. Definitely. Oh, definitely real quick, I, got, I, I did oh, not. Yeah. I gotta ask you this question. I mean, to ask you this. Kevin Durant, man had the ice on the Achilles. They said it was the calf. Do you think Kevin Durant should have played in Game Five of the Finals? I mean, hey, he's hurt now, right? I mean, he's, he's recovering from Achilles, Achilles rupture. So, um, early on, you know, whether, whether it was a soleus strain, uh, which attaches into the, the Achilles. Um, Thank you. He, uh, you know, he was at risk. Um, what kind of therapies they did, I, I mean, we don't know. That was all in-house, closed, or what have you. Um, you know, the other part of it is Kevin wanted to play, too. Yeah. You know, so we can't blame, you know, the, the situation on the team sometimes when you've got the heart of a warrior who oftentimes, hey, they may not give the doctor the, the right feedback. They may tell him, say, no, you know, they, they could be hurting all they want. But they may not tell you to be like, yo, like, no, I yeah. feel good, I can go. This, that, and the other, what have you. So, um, you know, we can't, we can't, uh, we can't account for that. Yeah. So, hey. um, but it's a bad situation, definitely. <laughs> Would you have played him? Would you have recommended situation. he play or, le- or, 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 or let him play under the circumstances? I don't know. I'm, I wasn't there. You know, I don't know what his, what, you know, yeah. how bad it was. Do you think it was irresponsible to say that? There was no further risk of him playing. Knowing what you just said, which attaches to the Achilles, you think it was irresponsible for the doctor to say we found no further risk? Well, again, like I said, I mean, there's there's too many there's too many other things that could have went into that. I wasn't there, you know, hey. with that conversation. Hey. Um, and only you know the medical staff and and KD know what that what that went like. You hey. know? Um So we can make all the assumptions in the world, but you know. Again, at the end of the day, we know that he did rupture his Achilles tendon. He had to have surgery. Um, he, he did not resign with the, <laughs> with the he Warriors. Took, he took a Julius Randle contract left he, to and, get away. And he went to uh, New Jersey, he or did, New York, that, or Brooklyn, that did, or wherever that did happen. it is. So um, we know that much. <laughs> he took a Julius Randle contract left to get the fuck away from Golden so, State. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. you know, and... Uh, I know that he and he and uh, Draymond had a couple of fallouts and that kind of stuff. So I don't know if that had anything to do with it. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it was one of those situations where you know he went into it knowing, hey, this is a good team. We're gonna make them a superpower. But then when he got there, I mean, it was still Steph Curry's team. You know, he said he liked it though, but that's so. clearly it was clear. He clearly wasn't being truthful with himself and with everybody else when he said that. Well, yeah, I mean, hey. He, he can now, you know, be a part of a team where it's his. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, Kyrie's there and, you know, yeah. um, shout out to Sean Marks, who used to be one of my players. He's the general manager over there. Yeah, shout out to Sean Marks. He's done a great job of turning that around because that man, that, that KG, wizard. Paul Pierce. That's the worst yeah. trade in the history of basketball. Yeah. We see you brought a shirt. You want to talk about what you got here on the table? Yeah. Um, so, essentially, um, this is my shirt for... Let's go ahead and show it to the people. Show it to the people. Inchworm. Yeah. Okay, Inchworm, right. Uh, so, 
essentially what what the uh, app is it's an augmented reality app and I'll mm-hmm. explain that a little bit differently than a virtual reality virtual reality is when you put the goggles on and you go into a space augmented reality is when you actually bring things to you mm-hmm. so uh, actually about uh, five years ago um, sort of when I was still training uh, I was training Jamie Foxx and a few few people for uh, some celebrity stuff what have you um, we would go out you know, and do some drills and things of that sort, what have you. And I, I sort of came across a situation where uh, one of the guys we was training, um, I went and walked off 10 yards, walked off 20 yards, walked off 40 yards, what have you. And uh, we did some sprints and everything, what have you. So he, uh, <laughs> we were doing sprints. And the time was kind of fast for his age and this, that, mm-hmm. and the other, what have you. But he felt like, you know, he was going to be a little bit boastful with his times. And he went around talking yeah. about, you know, I ran a 40 at 4 8 yeah. and all this other mm-hmm. kind of stuff, what have you, right? Yeah. So uh, he he says this to, uh, to, um, to, what's the guy's name? The Green Machine, the Green Machine, uh, Draymond, uh, Draymond Green, Draymond Drummond. Um, anyhow, one of the Olympic yeah. athletes, what have you. So he says this to him, and he's like, man, get the fuck out of here. Man, you did not run a motherfucker for eight uh-huh. forty. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, um, anyhow, uh, he takes him down to the area where we yeah. did, did the sprints. He's like, motherfucker, that's not a 40. So, dude was like, well, comes back to me. Man, you said that my times was this and this, that, and the other, so on and so forth. I was like, man, it was a walk-off 40. Shit, ain't, this ain't yeah. a football field. Yeah. This is a damn field. Yeah. This is yeah. open space and shit. Yeah. I just took 40 yeah. steps. Yeah. So he's like, oh, man, that's fucked up, man. I thought that one, you got me embarrassed. This one, so, so I like walked away. I was like, man, fuck you. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, the back of yeah. my mind, I'm thinking, I'm like, damn, like, all these trainers and all the stuff I've done, what have you, you know, we wind up walking off the distances and stuff. And this shit's not really accurate because yeah. if I take 10 steps and you take yeah. 10 steps, we're going to wind up in two, two yeah. different places, right? Yeah. So I started thinking, I said, hey, man, you know, it would be an easier way to measure stuff, what have you, particularly in sports because all courts and all fields are based off of yeah. distance, yeah. right? Yeah. Measurement. So I'm sitting there thinking, so anyhow, I decided, you know what? I want to come up with this app and sort of like change the culture of the way we train, train in short distances. Because, you know, I started looking at some of the apps out there and like you got Under Armour Record, you got Map My Run, Map My Fitness, you know, you got mm-hmm. Fitbit and all this other kind of stuff, right? And basically, you know, when you get your feedback, it just kind of show you a course of where you went and then it tell you, yeah. you know, how many miles and how many calories you did. But like I know in terms of training professional athletes and training athletes, what have you, if you ask one of them, if they're not a runner or a cross country, whatever, you know, athlete, what have you, if you ask one of them, you say, hey, man, let's, we're going to run three miles, we're going to run four miles, mm-hmm. they're going to look at you sideways. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, why? Why am I going to do that? So it got me to thinking that a lot of those apps and stuff are for like weekend warriors, yeah. right? But when athletes train they usually train within the court or mm-hmm. the field of their sport so they're doing basketball you're doing suicides you're doing 17s you're doing 10s mm-hmm. this, that. but they're all on a basketball court right so and that's how you condition so i was like you know what man like i would like to be able to in some way be able to set up an app that kind of show mm-hmm. demonstrate that so now you could train anywhere so um I got with some people, what have you, and some partners of mine, and we actually came up with this app, Inchworm. 
And basically the app will allow you to, one, measure out, you know, whatever distance is it is that you train or work out in. But then also you can create any kind of court or field for your sport to oh. scale through your phone. Okay. So if you want a football field, you want a basketball court, what mm -hmm. have you, you can basically go on your phone, click on the app, and then go to fields, what have you. If you want to put a tennis court up in the, on the beach or you want to put a volleyball court up on the beach mm -hmm. or a soccer field, you can put it all up right to scale. Okay. So, um, no, it sounds so, like a great idea. Yeah. So that's pretty much like the app. But then, like, in turn, terms of training or, of, uh, of the culture, what have you, like, you work out? I need to work out more. Okay. You work out? I used to until I tore my hernia. Okay. Again, well, for the third get time. Get back into working out and save your life. <laughs> um, no, seriously. Uh, you should make that part of your part of your. Yeah, I, I walk a lot. I'm I'm more of a I don't I don't work out a lot, but I'm I'm an active walker. Like when I during the during the work day, I try to at least like go to go and take a couple walks and at least walk like two three miles a day. Okay. Well, like I'm not like running, but but I do. I try to stay active, but I haven't been working out because I tore my hernia last year and I've been just okay. trying to recover. Trying but to recover. I need to get back in and actually start working, working out. Well, for those people that, you know, that do work out and they do sprints or they do lunges, they do crab crawls or they do sled pushes mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. Like a lot of times, man, like you'll just be doing shit just to be doing shit because your trainer said the shit was to do that and yeah. it's hard, what have you. But it don't <laughs> have like no real methodology behind it. Yeah. So like in this way, like instead of, let's just take something simple as lunges. Okay. A lot of times people will take, what, 20 steps. That's 10 on each leg. Right. Mm -hmm. um, well... If you really don't, if you want to progress your workout, you know, somebody add another set, okay? You add another, mm -hmm. you know, a couple reps, what have you. But if you do it by distance, then you can sort of progress it by distance, mm -hmm. right? Because distance is going to be the same no matter where yeah. you go. Steps is going to be by perception. So if you take 10, 10 or 20 steps in the hallway, you know, in your apartment building, they're going to be shorter than 20 yeah, steps that you take yeah, on a football field. Yeah, yeah. But... If you know the distance, yeah. you it ain't gonna it ain't gonna change. So basically, you know, like in my warm-ups and, and actually when I even do my dynamic training, I was interested to find out and I don't have a huge space in my gym. It's probably I take a little little piece of the uh, track, what have you, and I just measure out about thirty feet, um, which comes out to about, you know, ten, fifteen yards, somewhere in between there. And after I finish my dynamic warm up, man, I know that I realize that I've basically like warmed up on two football fields mm -hmm. because I know the distance. Yeah, no distance yeah. So now Dope if idea. I go to New York or you if I go it, somewhere yeah. else, you know have you, I know exactly what I'm what yeah. I'm doing. I'm not just up in the gym like, mm, I'm gonna take <laughs> ten steps this way, ten steps this way, ten steps this way. So it's a it's a it's a it's it's a cognitive way of, of training, what have you, but I feel like for athletes and for trainers, what have you, if you really wanna service your clients better than the short distance stuff what have you that we do uh needs to be scaled needs to be you know a little bit more thoughtful because you know you ain't going up in the weight room and just picking up some weights you ain't never seen the yeah what, what, what the measurement yeah, is you know, right yeah, yeah, is this yeah. a 25 pound 25 plate or 35 pounds, it look like a 25 pound plate and you know by the number I mean, of reps yeah. and the number of sets you did what mm -hmm. have you so it just makes sense to do it you know sort of that same way when you're talking about these short distances because it's already done for you know long distance stuff what have you so it's so make sure you go check out Inchworm. Special thanks to Jack Manson. We appreciate you for coming through. Tell the people where they can find you out on social media. 
on social media, you can find me on Inchworm right here. But uh, if you want to find me and my fashion brand, look at me. Look me up on Jack Manson Inc. Yes, go check them out. Jack Manson Inc. It's your boy TPJ. Find me on Twitter, Instagram, Real TPJ. It's R E L R E E L T P J. It's a film joke. If you don't get it, you're dummy. And as always, it's hoops and brews. If you're over 21 or over 18 in Canada, shout out to y'all in Canada. Uh, drink responsibly. If you're under 21, you better right. not be fucking right. drinking. Don't right. do it. It's wrong. Right. Drink responsibly. Make sure you call an Uber. Don't drink and drive. As always, it's hoops and brews. We drink beer. We talk basketball. Summertime, nice and hot in LA. Pavy, go ahead, get your plug in, and always, let's man. get Follow out of here. Follow me on Twitter at Pavy Boy, P A V Boy, Word All, One Word, Pavverse, Volume Two, July 26. Yeah, yes. once again, shout out to everybody that was in the you know live chat, super chat that donated. Shout out to Eric Ramsey, skinnier than your average, Glue Entertainment, and shout out to Oliver for being as disruptive as you always are, Oliver. We'll get up with you all next time. Uh, thank you, guys, and we'll holler at you next time. Hoops and Brews, episode number 153. Peace out. So fuck, boy, don't trap me. I keep wondering why they mad at us. We a late show like Jerry Bus. I'm hooking up just like Kareem. Shaking haters off just like the dream. Yeah. We gon' slide and we gon' chill. She said she love me. I'm her thrill. She riding with me. She sided with me. I'm pulling the thrill.